What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Bear Katagwa. I'm sure I'm butchering his last name. He's the owner and operator of Shoyer Roll Brand, a geek company out of Southern California. He and I met via Johnny Comanzi Rodriguez, who is a, a former guest on the podcast as well. If you go back and search, you'll find his episode. He called me up one day and, and wanted to know if I wanted to paint a mural with him at uh, this geek company. And at first I was kind of like, oh, what the fuck am I going to do that for? But luckily enough, I, I decided to do it and um, met a, a group of people who were super rad and inspirational. And um, I got to get inside the, the jiu-jitsu family a little deeper. That sounds dirty. So Bear joins me for a, a phone interview we talk the Gracie Mural, uh, the Shoya Roll brand, Jiu-Jitsu, White Belt Days, Marcelo Garcia, Channeling Your Inner, Eduardo Tellis, which I'm working on doing, Missing Training, Sports Jiu-Jitsu, Sub-Only Tournaments, Performing Enhancing Drugs, Steroids, Sales, Kurt Osiander, and Education. So, as always, make sure you go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the podcast, you can get all the information about each guest. If you want to click on the blog, I do a blog for each guest as well, which has links and and uh, images and, and information about each guest. Make sure you check that out. Um, follow, I forgot to do uh, plugs at the end of this episode, so make sure you go follow Shoya Roll at Shoya Roll Brand on Twitter. And I think I believe it's just Shoya Roll on Facebook, and that's S-H-O- Y-O-R-O-L-L, which is like, show your role, which rolling is a is a phrase used for the the actual practice of jiu-jitsu. When, when two guys are, are competing, they're rolling. Um, I know that that confuses a lot of ravers sometimes. This episode is brought to you by 858 Fight Shop. Check them out at 7128 Miramar Road in San Diego. Uh, you can... Reach them at 858-530-8181. Uh, they're open seven days a week, and you can get all your your martial arts gear over there. Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, grappling, boxing, whatever you need. Uh, they got all kinds of defense soap if you want to avoid that ringworm, which is important. Whatever you need over there, you can, you can find. They're super helpful. Um, it's a rad shop, and they focus really on, on customer service. So that's the number one thing that i appreciate over there uh is that they really focus on helping their customers find what what's right for them i know a lot of people go into a fight shop for the first time you know when people are first getting into martial arts it's it's nerve-wracking you don't know what type of gear to get you don't know if people are going to be dicks and be all bullies and shit but that's not the case at all over here you can go over here and 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 johnny and well both johnny's and all the guys that work over there are super rad so Check them out, and they'll help you out. Tell them the Live Free podcast sent you, and you can get 15% off your, your purchase. And I believe they're going to they're gonna set up an online shop. They're working on that now so that you can buy gear from all over the country if you're not in the San Diego area. And occasionally you can find me back there on their mats in, in the back area of the gym. Uh, if you feel like cruising out and trying to put a choke on me, you're, you're more than welcome to do that. You can catch me there usually on usually in there on Sundays if you want to come find me. No stalkers, please. Don't don't come be weird. Um, yeah, so check them out, 858 Fight Shop. You can find them on Facebook, too. Just search 858 Fight Shop. 
So, uh, with all that said, we got the business out of the way. What else do I need to tell you? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike Maxwell Art, and you can follow the Live Free Podcast at Live Free Podcast. And make sure you go over to iTunes. You can get the show on iTunes and on Stitcher. Just search Live Free Podcast. Or if you're on iTunes and you do the search, search Mike Maxwell, and the Live Free Podcast will come up. When I named the show, the show was named long before anything went on iTunes, not realizing that that iTunes was uh, a place for lots of live and free podcasts. So that gets a little confusing for the search option. Um, So just search my name, Mike Maxwell, and you'll find the show. Um, And if you want to donate to the show, you can do that through the blog, or you can do that uh, through the website as well. If you click MikeMaxwellArt.com, click on the podcast click 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 so with all that clicking done ladies and gentlemen without further ado mr bear katigua all right let's get bear a call what's up up, bear how are you Oh, no worries, man. I know how it is trying to get around that crazy city that you live in. <laughs> hey, you want to call the landline or you want to use the cell phone? What's the deal? Oh, is this your cell? Mm-hmm. Do you want to call me right back? Thank you, yeah. Okay. All right, we'll try that again. No worries. Yo, brother. Mike, what's up, bro? Oh, now I don't have it on speaker. All right, we're going to get it together here. We got it. You hear me okay? No worries, man. Yeah. I can hear you. Can you hear me good? Yeah, we're good. All right, my friend. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me. I, I appreciate it. No, no, no worries, man. Sorry, man. It's been kind of crazy over here, but... Yeah. Uh, um, place, yeah, what's going on? What's, uh, what's, uh, what's on the Shoya roll plate this week? We're just trying to put together... Um, finish up some stuff that we got planned for the future. Uh, a bunch of G-releases. It's going to get... Yeah, no doubt. Um, you and I, we uh, we met, I guess, around the summer last of last year. Um, we did a, a Johnny Comanzi Rodriguez and I uh, did a mural at the at the new warehouse um, up there in Southern California. What, what area are you in? Do you? I, 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 I don't want to say. I don't want to say. Los Alamitos area, yeah. like right in between the borderline between like LA County and Orange County, basically right next to Long Beach. Yeah, it's just south of Long Beach, I guess. Yeah, just about a little south of Long Beach. Yeah, well, it uh, it ended up being a really cool project that I I I wasn't uh, I wasn't aware of how cool it was going to end up to be. Uh, Johnny and I did a bunch of murals before, but so um, you you run Shoya Roll, which is uh, a gi. Would you call that? How would you uh, how would you describe your your company? I would say a gi company, but that seems kind of limiting, right?
When uh, did... So we do, yeah, and we, I guess we would, uh, our specialty would be in um, gi or martial arts uniform making, you know, catering towards Brazilian Shih and specifically. You know, I guess that would be probably the easiest way to when did um, when did jujitsu get into your life? Uh, I would say back in back back in '99 when I came out when I came out to California to go to college after living in the islands for a while, you know, in Guam. So um, I think it was just um, just like most people, you kind of watch the UFC, you see this small skinny dude choking people out, and I was used to boxing and stuff like that. So I I was kind of hating on Hoist Gracie the first UFCs. <laughs> And then after the second, watching the second one and him coming up, beating everybody, you kind of you're kind of forced to figure out like, okay, what's this guy doing, you know? And um, and that, that was it, you know. After that, you try and go find you go on a pilgrimage of of, of um, a pilgrimage of of farming to try and find a bunch of knowledge, see where you can try it, see what gyms are next to your area, doing all kinds of research on the on the web, which is back in '99 was a little bit limited, you know. Yeah, um, sure. You were doing um, other martial arts, and you were we doing Muay Thai before that. No, before that, I didn't really do too much martial arts. Yeah, you know? I did a little bit of like the, your standard sports, like basketball, volleyball. Um, I served a bunch in bodyboarded a bunch of high, in high school. Yeah, and that was pretty much it. You know, tried yeah. karate like everybody else when you're like six or seven years old, but <laughs> um, but never really stick with it. You know. Yeah. Right. And um, and then yeah, I just found jujitsu and got hooked, man. And just became a part of became a part of my life, you know. Yeah. You just got your black belt it. this year, right? Yeah, I just got my black belt in um, I think it was December, end of December, something like that. Yeah. December? No, no, it was not even the end of December. Yeah, it was end of December. Yeah, so the end of, the end of last year. Uh, how uh, do you do you remember your white belt days? Oh yeah, like it was like it was yesterday. <laughs> White belt days are the. I think those are the. Those are the greatest days, you know, just because you're so hungry. You're, you're kind of hooked to the, the sport and the art and the lifestyle, you know. So you're just so hungry for knowledge and anything you can get your hands on. You just wanna. You just you want more and more and more, and there's never enough of it, you know. And yeah. you're you're just hungry for you're hungry for everything, you know. You're just and um, yeah, I remember going into the gym, getting beat up every day, and figure out. Like most people would be like, "What the hell am I doing?" You know, but me, I loved it. You know, like, yeah. geez, I love this stuff. You know, I want to go. I want to go get my ego crushed again. I want to go get my my pride like dissected. <laughs> and, sure, um, find that yeah, but it's it great, man. I mean, every, I think everybody. Every that's the great thing about jujitsu. It's pretty common when it comes to those aspects of it. You know, when yeah. you first start, you ask anybody, and anybody tells you the same exact thing. Yeah, I remember those days, and people kind of tell you all the same kind of same kind of things, you know, so. Did, uh, did you get the blue belt, um, like, hangover? Do you know <laughs> what, I mean? what do you mean by that? I, I guess I get I, I I hear a lot of stories of people like they get to like a certain level, like they get their blue belt and then kind of have like little falling off periods, like, like, like. Oh, nails. yeah, no, no. I think I, I think I got more when I, I think I got that more when, probably when I got my purple belt, you know? Uh-huh. more just like kind of like yeah you, know, you go through ups and downs and yeah and, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and then and then there comes a point where 
know, you're climbing, climbing, you're trying to get to the next level. And but then in between those times, you get burnt out a little bit. You know, you might not be as interested as you used to be. Um, and it's just kind of like an up and down battle that you part of the progress, you know. And um, I got that when I was purple belt, but when I was blue belt, I was just hungry still. You know, I was just hungry, still a little bit younger, had more, had more free time. You know, um, had time that I could dedicate myself to trying to get as best, trying to get really good at it, you know? Um, and then after that, I think I my purple bar, that's where I kind of like just flagged off a lot, a lot you know? Yeah. Stopped training for a month, trained, stopped, started training for another month, stopped for two months. Just because of work, life, school, everything, you know? Yeah. And then, um, as you got a little bit more balanced and was able to situate my life a little bit more than you could, then you were able to put like a little bit more, more of a consistent training schedule together, you know? Yeah. What was your what was your process like in in transferring from your your like purple to black stage like so for when we're looking at like for me as a blue belt like I see like this certain these certain sets of of ideas and philosophies and techniques that like get chunked into like the first couple of years was there some patterning that happened like that uh, in the in the training process did you see like like, for instance, right now, like, I'm attacking legs like crazy. Like, all of a sudden, a brand new, like, window opened up. Like, around that purple belt stage, what were some of those things that you noticed, if any? Is that... I, I, I think probably, the, I think the biggest thing is just you start to, um, you start to, you're able more to put things together, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you're able to start, you understand the base of it, or the base of the mechanics of your body and what jiu-jitsu kind of is, you know? So you're understanding, like, the angles, the concepts, how to distribute the weight, how to move the weight, um, and how to how to maximize your body, your style, your body type, and then then you start to put your own creative spin on it. You know, you find a move, and then you're like, okay, how can I use this? Can I use this here? Can I try and do it here? You know, so you might learn one technique, but then you know the basis of jiu-jitsu enough to where you can go be creative with it. So your instructor teaches it one way, but then in your head, you're playing with it like a few different ways, you know, on where you might be able to hit it, where you might be able to um, use it, you know, yeah. and uh, from what it, from different positions. Whereas on a white belt and a blue belt, you know, you I don't think you have not not not, not necessarily all the time, but your knowledge base and and is not usually up to that or up to that that level yet, you know. Yeah. And um, whereas once you I think it just comes more with time, not so much about, you know. Um, I think with time, you just, you're able to start to put things together. And I think, at least for me, the purple belts, when you're able to really start to get really creative with it, you know. It's not just more, more of, um, it's not just so much, okay, I learned to move today, I'm going to do it a bunch of times and try in training, you know. Um, do, you have, the purple do you have a move that, that, that you like to hit all the time? Do you have, like, a, like I've been, I've, I've been wondering if... The idea of training one move a thousand times instead of a thousand move two times, thousand moves two times or whatever, like how, how important is that? Well, I mean, um, me as far as moves, I think everybody goes through like phases where you geek out on one position, you go go you go on with it for a month or three months or six months, depending on whatever it is, is it or whatever it is, you know, like mm-hmm. the omoplats or arm locks, you know. Or full locks. You go crazy with it for like three months, six months, and that's all you're doing. You know, you're catching it from everywhere. You're trying it from everywhere. 
And then after that, you're kind of over it, you know? Then you move on to whatever whatever else is catch, catches your interest, like a, a guillotine choke or, you know, um, or a triangle or something. You know? And then you work on that for another three months. I think it's just more just kind of what's, what, what the person's feeling, you know, what people are doing in the gym, what's on the internet now, what's yeah. hot, what's not, you know, what, and then people are just trending with it, you know, and then I think, uh, on the other question, I think, um, what's better, you know, be a jack of all trades or be master at, master of some, you know, yeah. and I think, um, I think in the very, I think just getting a good, solid, basic fundamental of, of, um, what jujitsu is, you know, having a, a good couple of go-to moves from every position, and um, and being good at them, I think is I think that's I think that's the key part. Is having a specific specialty type game, and um, but then also understanding and playing with the new stuff. Not being good at it, or not even the new stuff, but just the stuff you don't really care to use in your own specific game, you know. Yeah. But to at least play with it enough to where you know a little bit of the ins and the outs, and at least know how to somewhat defend it if it. If it comes, I think a good example is like Marcelo Garcia. You know, he's a Marcelo Garcia has a specific game. His fundamentals are great, um, but he has a specific type of game he plays. You know, and um, yeah. and um, and he doesn't do all like this upside down Grimaldo stuff and footlock stuff that everyone's kind of hype on right now. You know, but but he understands it. You know, just like Andre Grace, he understands all that stuff. You know, yeah. like he may not be like really good at it, but if uh, Rafael Mendez is trying to do a Grimaldo to uh, Marcelo Garcia or Audrey Gracie, you know, like, even though they don't even pull it or play with it, you know, they, I'm pretty sure they've dissected it a little bit, a couple times training, um, to at least know the ins and the outs of the position, to um, at least be able to somewhat defend it if someone's trying to, trying to work on it with them, you know. Right. I, I think I, that's, I think that, that's key. That's how I feel about wrestling, kind of, like, <laughs> it's a, I, I agree. Shooting is so it is so it feels so dangerous and like I I feel so vulnerable, yet by by knowing my vulnerabilities I feel like I have a good defense for when people shoot on me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's I think it's super I think it's super important just to at least get familiar with the areas. You know, because like jujitsu so um, jujitsu so heavily based on breathing. You know and and your breathing and heart rate and all that stuff directly affects your gas, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and how you're training and how you're getting tired. Um, so the more and more you feel comfortable in some of these positions, like you know, yourself in bad positions, you know, but uh, or positions where you're not comfortable with. But the more and more you get comfortable in them, um, the more and more your gas tank and your and your endurance and your cardio just expand because you feel way more comfortable in these bad positions you'll really never ever get tired or at least get super tired because you're breathing and you feel way more comfortable in these areas like Eduardo Tellis is a good example you know yeah he's, he's like the master of being in bad positions and being able to work out of them back into into offensive or or, or better positions you know and it just seems like he's doing it he's doing it um so effortless you know but He's been doing that for a long time, you know, and um, and it's so hard to put him in a in a real true bad position just because he's so good at getting in and out of them. Yeah, because he's worked at it for so long. So I've been lucky enough to to get a class taught by him, and uh, I think about that a lot. Like I I say this, and you and I had this conversation, I think, on the internet. Uh, like I try to um, uh, 
what's the word? Uh, what is the the phrase? Uh, what well, there's a phrase I can't think of what the fucking word is. God damn it! My memory is really going out the door. I, I keep wanting to say like transfer, but you know, like you, uh, son of a bitch, that kills me. But so like I've been I've been trying to think that way, like try playing that game. Like I feel like I get I get my guard passed, like my half I I get people get to my side control a lot, and I find that if people move to the mount from there, I actually have a better chance of escaping. So in a spot that where a lot of people might freak out and start trying to flail to get out of a mount position. I, f- I find like there's certain areas where I'm starting to get comfortable, but I don't want to get to those bad positions to begin with, you know. But as as a low level blue belt, I'm starting to finally be super comfortable there. But like what you're talking about was like breathing and stuff. I've been, the last few weeks I've been having some like gas issues, not like gas, but gas tank. And I was wondering, like I've been having getting like the the flu's been going around, so like the sinus yeah. issues have been happening. And I noticed that there's just even though I'm not flailing around and using like a bunch of energy, I'm still Uh getting winded. You know? Yeah, for sure. You just got hit with that flu, no? Yeah, yeah. I got. I had it for about a week, and uh, I got over actually the last couple days. So. um, Brutal. Yeah, man. I mean, I I I think there's a I think there's a ton of different factors like when it comes to like like your personality because jiu-jitsu is such like a the art and stuff is like way way too humbling you know so it's like you're, if you're off for like a week or let alone a couple of days you know or a few weeks or a month like when you go back into the gym you're going to be gassed you know people are going to be all over you because their movement is better than your movement because they haven't missed a day of training in like a year or something you know so um, so it's like in my opinion then you go back and go 100% and balls out and you get tired in, in three minutes you know because mm-hmm. it's your first day back after missing two weeks or something you know yeah. you're all bummed your body's your body's aching for the whole week you're not sure if you want to go back the next day you know just because you got your ego busted up and you got tired you got beat up and it's like well, at, least, at least for me personally when I go back after being away for a while it's like Sure, you don't you don't set yourself up with illogical expectations. Exactly. Yeah. Um, channeling my I, the word was channeling that I was trying to remember before. I, I channel my <laughs> inner Eduardo Tellus when when in bad spots. But I really got to learn the the turtle guard so that I I don't get people passing to side control and getting you know those points because. 
that's the problem with sports jujitsu is the the idea of points for for different passes uh allow allowing yourself to get into bad spots is can be uh bad for that type of sports training you know but but it's a lot different if you're just training jujitsu for jujitsu right yeah i think like um I'm a huge sport jiu-jitsu fan, you know, and I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan for, um, but, but me personally, I don't like competing, you know, Yeah. but I, I a hundred percent believe that if you practice and you please keep up the speed with sports jiu-jitsu, like, as opposed to people that are doing more traditional stuff, you know, in a role in, on, in the match, when you're working out in the gym, um, the guy with, that's, Practicing sport jujitsu um, is gonna more than more than likely be way ahead of the other guy as far as like knowledge and how he moves on the mat, how he's able to get to do- more dominant positions and stuff like that. You know? yeah. just because one evolves, one evolves more than the other does. You know, like it's not one's better than the other. It's just from a rolling standpoint, and for you, um, growing in different positions and stuff like that on the sport side, there's just way more evolution. You know. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel. Well, that's, 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 how do you feel? Well, you know what I've been thinking about a lot lately is how we, we're seeing a, a sort of change into these submission-only tournaments becoming more popular. And uh-huh. what I've been noticing is that people who may be better than me at, let's say, the, the, the blue belts that I train with, there may be guys that would definitely beat me in a sports jiu-jitsu match, but uh-huh. maybe... I'm more likely to beat them in a submission only match because of the fact that I'm I'm finding myself being put into bad positions but like I was saying staying calm knowing the defense and being comfortable to work defenses from bad spots that I usually don't get submitted from bad positions if you know what I mean so like I usually if uh if somebody's in my side control I usually they're I know what they're trying to do to to set up a submission and can defend. Whereas I may and typically that's usually how my roles go is that I work out of a bad spot, reverse, and then try to work a submission. Um, so in in positions like uh, submission only tournaments, it seems like maybe one maybe one isn't more progressive. You know what I'm saying? So. I understand. I understand what you're saying. But it always seems like the sports guys have a little bit of an edge, like in terms of like For sure. quickness and and ferocity and you know, I don't know. It's I, it's so it's so strange because it almost seems like two different things practicing the same thing. For sure. Like people who like for just like there's something to be said about going and training every day. Like the difference between training and competing. Seems like almost two different worlds with with practicing the same motions. I agree. Um, do you think we're going to start seeing more of these sub sub only tournaments taking over? Uh, no, I think there'll be. I think there'll definitely be more. Yeah, but I don't think there'll be a ton of them just because of of the of the time possibility. I guess being able to be stretched out. You know. Oh, sure. Even right. though I'm, even though average matches are going not so long, you know, 20, 30 minutes at the most. Yeah. Um, but um, I think as a, from a promoter standpoint, I think it's just hard to 
hard to logistically plan an event when you don't know when it's going to start or when, or when it's going to end, basically. You know? Yeah, right. And it but seems I like... I they'll come up and they'll pop up, like a super fight with no time on it, and maybe a couple small local ones trying it out, but um, I think the sport itself will, will stay around those basic rules that the of IBJJF and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you, what, as, as somebody who's been in the, the jiu-jitsu world for, for a while, it, what do you, have you seen some of the evolutions taking place, you know, from the old school guys to what's happening now, like, in the sport? I guess today it was just announced that they're going to start testing for performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah, that's the first I just saw today, too. It's pretty crazy. It's uh, a, a big step, you know, it's a big step forward. Um, to, to try to get into Olympics and do the other things, you know. Do you think it's an so, issue? Do I think it's a what? Do you think it's a, a recognizable issue in the sport? Um, doping? Yeah. Um, like steroids and stuff? Um, I think, you know, I think just like any other, any other competitive sport, I think, I think steroids and, and all this stuff becomes a, becomes an issue, you know. Everyone, once one person starts to use it, then everybody on their mom starts to use it, you know, because everyone's trying to at that same level that of the guy of the guy that just did it you know yeah. so I mean and then you come you, then you, everybody picks, picks themselves up to that level and then nobody ever can come down from it you know because yeah. they won't have the edge anymore you know I mean I think it's like that in all sports it's been like that in all sports so. yeah I mean and I think when... just, just allowing I mean um, just kind of like turning your shoulder to it you know it doesn't really give it any kind of regulation you know I think uh, I think but now that sports do test, you know, it's not like they're testing every day. Yeah. Um, but they're at least giving, they're at least giving, um, giving, giving the athletes, uh, um, some restrictions basically, you know, saying, hey, like, we're watching, you know, so just watch it. You know, um, yeah. that just keeps everybody, I think, a little bit more honest. But, yeah, and, um, you know, I think something, something should be said, you know, we, we, we are quick to criticize people for taking things, but, we got to realize at the same time that these people are putting their bodies through a tremendous amount of stress and a lot of times a lot of times they're injured they're you know they're wearing themselves out in the gym every day like those types of things so the the body breaks down we need we need help sometimes and at, at these high levels it, it, i see the idea that maybe there there could be regulation but i it seems that that at such a high level, it's, it's hard to to say moralistically one way or the other what's right and what's wrong. I don't know. From from my yeah, no, I, 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 I'm on the same on the same boat as what you're thinking, or at least saying. You know, and I think it's like once you get to the highest level and you're doing three or four days. I guess there's people that use it for different reasons, right? But I mean, I think it's just so hard for these guys. Not that it's right to do it, but I'm just saying um, from a standpoint of some people are doing it to get stronger. Some people are using it specifically for recovery, you know, yeah. um, just so they're, so they're able to train the next day, you know. So it's like, uh, I understand why people would do it for both reasons, you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it doesn't make it right, you know, um, for the other people that are not not doing it and trying to compete at that level. Um, I, I was watching, uh, did you watch the Tough premiere yesterday? Uh, I only watched a couple fights. I didn't watch the whole thing. I think I watched oh, like the last 30 minutes of it. A couple of those dudes look roided the fuck out, too. <laughs> There's some big dudes in MMA. I was wondering, like... Around it, yeah. I don't know. 
I was curious if because of the way that's set up, if they if they get tested, if it's the same type of regulations as a uh, because they're not they're like not professional fights, right? Yeah, I don't think it counts on their record, you know. Yeah. I think it's just specifically for the show. A couple of those dudes look fucking incredible, hulked out. Yeah, I mean, it's up to anyone in professional sports too, you know. Like, okay, yeah, we have these laws and these requirements, and and everyone is always saying, oh, the professional athletes, they'll just they'll work around the cycle, you know, or the testing cycle. So the testing cycle in April, they'll just make sure they get off their cycle, or whatever, and get clean before then, you know. I don't know how much of that's true, you know, but that's just what people say, you know. So. At least there's some kind of like, like I said, at least people are trying to at least put up some kind of um, stance against it, you know, to try and um, minimize it a little bit, you know. I I wonder if if they're if they do it as a way to like like the way NASCAR has their cars can only go like there's regulations on how the cars could be built, or if they're really concerned about these guys' safety, like so for so for instance if, if somehow. <laughs> They weren't actually hurting themselves, you know. If, if if it's not about their personal health, it's just about their capabilities of of performance. It almost seems like maybe we should just let these dudes do whatever they want. If as long as we... <laughs> for sure, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm not a doctor, so I'm, I'm sure there's some severe health issues that go on. But I'm, I'm curious what the like the governing board. Like, well, what are they up to? You you posted today about uh, about sort of uh, some business business and marketing techniques, sales techniques. Oh today. yeah, you saw that. How'd you like it? What'd you think? Yeah, it was good, man. It, it, well, you know, it, it made me think too because over the last like two months, I've really had to like use car salesmen the shit out of my stuff to like try to make a living because yeah. it's really difficult yeah. to make a living as an artist. And it, it yeah, made me sure. kind of, I, I read that, and just the other day I read somebody, uh, another, um, like an art marketing thing, that really made wow. me kind of like think twice about how I, like the methods that I was taking. Wow. And not that it was in a negative or a positive light, it just, it was like, you know, sometimes like you're just shown another side of, of something that you just... Like you didn't know that the on the other side of the fence the there was a, a whole another yard or something you know like like uh, it just sort of opened my eyes to maybe be able to think a little bit differently about marketing. Um, I and, and, you know your post was specific about um, the way gyms are starting to market themselves, and yeah, sure. I've noticed around here. I I live in. A, um, in a predominantly Asian neighborhood, um, a yep. number of different groups of people, and and a, high, and a highly competitive um, jujitsu area where there's multiple choices and gyms to choose from, right? San Diego. Well, well, what I the way I what I was thinking about was how a lot of like karate and different gyms are trying to market themselves into jujitsu and MMA gyms. Which I found kind of like a little like a little sneaky, but um, I am in an area where there is a ton of of jujitsu gyms, all in a, a pretty close knit area, you know, a fifteen mile square radius. Yeah, for sure. Or as before, or as before, you have to drive easily like thirty minutes to get the 
It's so weird though, because I'm so I'm really I'm new to this scene. I've only been doing it for two years, so I'm just kind of now becoming aware of everything. Cause, like I said, like my the analogy of the fence and not knowing what another area. Uh, yeah, this is all real brand new to me. But so, what are oh, some? Sorry, man, you're talking about the post. You're talking about the post, and I asked you about it. Yeah, I, I'm wondering what some of your thoughts are about about the way sales works in, in something. Cause I, I feel like there was a connection to what you were talking about. Like there's almost like a, a purity to promoting a martial arts that I feel the same way with when I'm trying to sell and promote fine art. Art, right? Like for sure. I, for sure. it's way different than if I, I had a burger stand or whatever, you know, like it's a different mentality. What? I, I think like, at least the way, the way, uh, the way I was, I'll, I'll talk specifically on just the on the way uh, a lot of martial arts schools are marketing themselves now. It seems like everyone's trying to do is like almost like used car sales, sales approach type marketing or infomercial type marketing. You know, um, you know, get this free set if you order now, kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. or yeah, we'll, we'll throw in an extra miracle blade. You know, or. Um, this is a life-changing experience. you got to come down and check it out, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, I've been doing all those things. You know, <laughs> you mean, I mean, um, just, just those specific styles of marketing, you know? Not that they're wrong, you know, or not that they don't work, you know? It's just me personally um, having an outside sales background before I start to run my, my brand at the time, you know, in the business. Yeah. Um, it's just me personally. When I went into sales, I, I did it on a whim, and I didn't. I didn't even. That's why I did not like sales was because I had all those. I had all those. Um, those 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 images of how a salesperson was supposed to be. You know. Yeah. Um, and so you have that common mis- misunderstanding of oh, not everybody is like this. You know. But that's the big reason why I never want to do probably a career in sales because of what I thought a salesperson had to do, you know? Um, and my my history before was I, I did outside sales and um, for, uh, for, a, for a security firm. And, um, you know, I started from the ground up doing door-to-door, walk-in doors, trying to drum up, drum up business for the company. And uh, eventually I did well, and I ended up becoming a, a regional guy that had, you know, basic outside sales reps that went door to door to try to drum up and, and get business. So, I mean, um, so we had to find the business, you know, I mean, it, it talk about something that's super hard, you know, I mean, you know, every month you're on quotas and, and you know, you're trying to figure out if you're going to be able to eat the next month because it's heavily commission based, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, um, you know, I mean, sales and no, no job is, no job is, no job is, um, is easy. But um, when you're trying to go out and come up business on a daily basis, order for, you know, um, you're finding creative ways to to try and to try and uh, prospect customers, and and you're doing everything yourself, you know, um, on the ground level, really grinding, you know. Um, so it's like, um, so I understand like the culture behind it, you know. I've been to motivational seminars and read books and and. Luckily, been taught um, good traits of uh, and skills and tricks and whatever you want to call it to be crafty in sales, you know. Yeah. Um, but 
and marketing as well, you know. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's uh, um, I think a big reason why I've had success in that position, that company before, was because uh, because whatever I went out to sell, I wouldn't feel like I couldn't go out every day and and get ready for work if I had to do that on a daily basis and go and try and pit someone um, and give them that whole spiel, you know, knowing that it's full of shit, you know, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, basically, the, the, what I would do is I would go out and I would, I would pitch a product and a service in a, in a way or in a manner that I would, I would be pitched or, or, um, or presented with a product and a service. A good example, right? Um, it's 8 o'clock at night and a guy comes up to you and knocks on your door. I used to tell all my reps this before. Uh, you're going to go pitch a service. You walk up to this guy and, and you're, you're, you're bothering this guy, whether it be at home or at a, at a, at a commercial office building. We'll use home, for example. Um, you, you go home and at 8 o'clock, the person answers, answers the door. One, the person's busy. Two, you're bothering them, you know? Yeah. Um, three, you know, they're trying to enjoy time with whatever it is that they're doing and whatever you have. Is, is 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 probably they're not really interested, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's like you're already you're already way behind. The, you're already way behind uh, just going in, you know. So <laughs> yeah. um, so so people going in, they're like, hey, I have these knives to sell or whatever it is, and they get no, no, I'm not interested. No, thanks for your time, and then they get they no, no, well, these knives will change your life, you know. They're, just give me five minutes or blah blah blah, you know. And they don't know, no, I'm you know, I'm cooking dinner for my family, blah blah blah. And the guy just keeps on pitching and pitching and pitching. After a while, you're like, get the hell out of my face, you know? Right. And, and, and that's the common, I mean, at least in my eyes, that's the common misconception that most people have with sales guys because of either how business was done a long time ago or how it's being perceived on the internet, infomercials, this type of marketing, this type of approach, you know? It's like, hey, I got to give in your face now. I, you know, I have no chance. Like, this is it. You got to do it. You got to do it now, now, now. You know, where it's like, the same person, you know, um, the same person that that wants to knock on that person's door at eight o'clock at night, you know, and they're like, hey, you know, we we have this these knives that uh, we're trying to promote to the local neighborhood. They have a really good deal, and the person's like, hey, well, you know, um, we're not interested. I'm busy right now, and just you know, say, okay, well, hey, thank you very much for your time. You know, you might if I get your name and, and call you back next week or the following week when it's a little bit more convenient. I I apologize for bothering you. You know, like who's going to get better, who's going to get better results, you know? Yeah. Sure. Um, and, and, and that's, that, that's basically what it, that's basically what this, that post was. I said like right now, since I've been on both sides of the fence, you know, yeah. um, on the Dell side and also, um, on, on seeing how businesses are operating, um, and businesses like a couple of my buddies own gyms and they ask me all the time, you know, like just personal, personal, um, information on, hey, what do you think? You think it's good? You think it's not good? And I'm like, yeah, like a lot of the stuff that's going out there, like, it's good information, good data, like some a bunch of it works, you know? But just you have to like spin it and make it work for you, you know? You gotta be able to sleep that night, you have to feel comfortable with it, you know, or else it's not gonna, it's not gonna benefit anybody. And I think since jiu-jitsu is so core, you know, everyone's so hardcore within jiu-jitsu, like it's almost like a cult culture, you know? like whoever does jiu-jitsu, like, oh, jiu-jitsu is the best, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, we're, it's the greatest martial art ever, you know. Um, so I think it's just uh, with all this, with all this, all this new like, spin on people like seeing success with running their business a certain way, you know, seeing results. Oh yeah, all these guys are using this type of marketing. It's 
they're doing great. You know, um, it's it's really changing the way they're doing things and uh, finding customers and and building their business because a lot of jujitsu businesses, you know, it's they just learn whatever whatever they learn from their instructors. And most jujitsu businesses are not really geared up to be the best business per se. You know, yeah. um, it's it's more just hey, it's a group of guys that like to come and work out, learn some techniques and. And that's kind of it. But I think, you know, in the last five, ten years, businesses and owners are, and even instructors, like, are, are finally learning, like, the basic principles to, to, to run a business and to learn how to treat customers and um, learn how to change their program a little bit. So it's it's built a little bit more for the everyday guy as opposed to the the 20 core guys that, that, that kind of, Want to be the want to be there, regardless of what you're doing, you know. Yeah. So, um, no, that's that's more what the round was. It's just like, it's it's a sport and art that I basically attach my life to, you know. And um, I just I, I've been thinking about this for like the last five years. You know, it's just I just I think I, today I just kind of got fed up, you know. Well, I and, and I put, some, put something out there because I know I'm not the only one that feels like this year. <laughs> I guess we're starting as as we're seeing that evolution happen where there are more of like the guys who want to go roll after they're done at a long day at the office in comparison to like the guys that are in there 10 hours, 12 hours a day, you know? And then probably the experience now is starting, there's certain, there's starting to be a frame of reference for these new gym owners. Maybe that they are able, like I'm sure there's a number of gyms that you could think of that are, are marketing and doing things in a in a in a great way, right? Like Marcelo in in New York. Yeah, and, and, um, and I guess I guess my thing would be like um, and my thing is like um, you know, like I think with time, like each gym, that's the beauty of it, right? Like every gym is different, and some people do it different. Some people do it old school. Some people do it new school. Some people blend both, you know. Um, but I think um, I think the beauty of it is, you know. Um, now there's so many choices, you know, people get, people get, there's so many options now as before, you only had like five gyms you could choose from to learn jiu-jitsu, you know, within the state, you know, or within yeah. like Southern California, but now there's like a ton, you know, I guess, but I, but now everyone's fighting, everyone thinks they're fighting for the, um, for the same students or, or new students and um, they're just trying to figure out how they can make sure their, their business is successful, which I don't, which I don't, I don't blame them, you know, like she's, yeah it's crucial for any business to make sure you have customers, you know, um, and make sure you have people coming through the door and, and signing up and stuff like that. Um, but it's, um, but for me, it's just, for me, it's just about the approach and how people are doing it, you know, like being into like, you, you can get customers without, without sacrificing your dignity all the time, you know, or, or, um, doing it in a specific way, even though you get results, you know, um, there's other ways to get those results if, if it's done right or um, if you're if you're surrounding yourself with the right people or getting educated in the right way, reading the right books, going to the to, to talking to the right people, you know. And that, that was my big thing. It's the easiest ways to the easiest ways to look at all these look at all these people that are being that are successful, you know. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, whatever they're doing, or you think they're successful, you know, and you're like, okay, well, it's too good to be true. I gotta I gotta I gotta follow this. I gotta this and then you know then 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 what happens is you're just like everybody else you know 
and, and it really wasn't it really wasn't as good as you thought it was going to be. Kind of like a almost like pyramid market pyramid uh, type sell stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, where it's like, hey, you want to make four thousand dollars in in one week? Yeah, give us a call, you know? Or this guy is making, you know, they give you the success story of this guy making uh, a bunch of billion dollars. You know, okay, well, how many other people are doing it? You know, why? If you can make it, why isn't everybody else doing it? You know, it's yeah. like there's no secret. You know, I mean, it's it's just all hard work, dude. And success is with good people and good knowledge. The perception of success it, it can vary from person to person too. It, it's so subjective that uh, yeah. You know, and even like once you hit like certain plateaus of success or certain levels, all of a sudden there's other steps to go up from there. It's it, it's weird to judge other people's successes based on what we perceive our own successes to be. It, it one, I think it's negative for our mindset, but two, I I don't know that it's it's ever ever accurate. For sure, for sure, I agree. So. I um, you know, me putting that comment on online and just talking about, you know, basically, I was basically saying, you know, I wish there was a little bit more, uh, more of a, of a difference on maybe the way people are perceiving or marketing our, our martial art, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I'll ask you, everyone's like, oh, no, we don't want jiu-jitsu to be like karate or taekwondo. I mean, with the way things are, with the way that things are going, you know, over the next five years, that's where we're heading, you know? Um, just because it, it, at the end of the day, at, at the end of the day, it, the people are so caught up in trying to build the best business, you know, um, they do it at they do it at at, at no expense, you know. Um, or is if there's like a fine balance in between the two, you know, like building the business is key, but if you can somewhat, um, you know, be able to be able to um, stand behind what you do and the way you do it, and and not feel so. So spying about it again, then then you're doing a good job, you know. I mean, I'm looking at every day a comment that Kurt Ocean um, posted on a page and put if you make a good product and you stand behind it instead of trying to fuck people over, um, you'll go far that's why I stand behind Troy Rowan there. <laughs> he's like nice. he's like a good dude, you know, and he's like the most uncensored guy on the planet, you know, and and, he's, and, and I'm positive Kurt knows what he does on a daily basis affects his business, you know, and what he does, but he understands what he needs to do and he is who he is and, and he does business a specific way, you know? Yeah. And people, that's what people, I think that's what people respect about him, you know? Um, he's not your, your your ideal person that's like cookie cutter, super proper, you know, but he speaks the, he speaks his mind on a lot of points and, but he still, and, but he still provides a great service and a great product, you know, and, and people, people, you can't, you can't hide from that, you know? People are going to get, people are going to buy it if you're, if you're doing the right thing, so. Yeah, that's great, so. I think it was more on the approach on the way people are spinning, trying to sell, trying to sell, um, trying to sell themselves, you know, um, as opposed to using maybe different methods that are, that are out there within, within the, the world, you know, sales and marketing, I wanted to ask what what advice you would have for somebody like a young entrepreneur, you know, at 18, 19, 20, whatever, like coming into their own for, you know, it seems so difficult in a climate like today in America, like the idea that we're all super corporatized, that there, 
there seems to be less and less privately owned business, whether that's truth or like we were talking about perception, there may be more perception than anything. Um, I think what we just talked about is, is great advice. Do do you have anything specific for like a youngster with with the idea? Like maybe what would you? Is, is there anything you would say to yourself at twenty? 21 with, with these uh, ideas. To be honest, like, I mean, like, in all honesty, man, like you, like, you go through, like, life lessons and you learn a bunch of stuff throughout the way, you know? And, and you, like, when you really break it down, nothing's fucking easy, you know? Like, it's not easy, dude. Like, nothing is easy, you know, whether it's starting up, whether it's being like that, whether it's starting a t-shirt company when you're in the most saturated, highly competitive, greatest industry on the planet, you know? Or, <laughs> yeah a gee company or trying to be the best artist, you know, or trying to become a world champion in jiu-jitsu, you know, it's like, nothing is easy, you know? Nothing ever is, huh? And, and yeah, I mean, there, there's no pill, you know, like, there's no pill to do it, but I think, um, if I could do stuff all over again, you know, I think, like, I, I, the more, the more time that I go on, I realize, man, it's, it's education, you know, like, it's education and knowledge, you know. And, yeah, experience. And if and if you're not like if you're not around it, if you're not like trying to get smarter, if you're not trying to be around smarter people, or at least trying to educate yourself on on everything, you know, especially if it's catered towards your business or it's going to help you in your business or your personal life, whatever it may be, like like you're in the same spot, you know. Like unless you have some crazy great mentor that's going to give you the magic roadmap, you know, where it's like. I don't know anybody like that, or I don't know anybody that has has has, has had that done for them, unless it's their own family. They inherit the family business or corporation or whatever yeah. it is that that is, you know. Yeah. But I mean, and that's rare. Like, yeah, it's super rare, you know. Like, but it's like the people that are becoming successful in this in this in this role are like, you know, if one, if you don't have the greatest idea in the world. And you don't have somebody to fund it, you know. Like, what is it? It's just an idea, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, even if you did have an idea, you still have to know what the hell to do with it after that, you know. Yeah. Do you know how to run a business? Do you know how to market a, a product? Do you know how to sell a product? Do you know how to run the back end of the business, you know. So it's like there's so many things behind it, you know, um, that you don't really know because because either you don't have the experience or you don't you didn't go to school for it, you know. So that's why I always preach. I always preach knowledge, you know, like, if you put me in front of, like, 100 high school kids today, and they're like, hey, what would you do to start a business? Like, we're still trying to figure out how we can be Pepsi if the one stay around for 50 or 100 years, you know? Like, that, yeah. to me, is, that, to me, is unreal, you know? Like, that's success, you know? Like, when you can build a company and be around forever and, and, um, and offer a product and a service that's in a super, super competitive market, you know? Like, you're doing something right, you know? Like, uh, and that's something to be said, you know, and and for me, it's just like, what I'm figuring out, it's just like, um, it's just knowledge, man, like, if I could turn turn things around, and I would have paid a little bit more attention in high school, and, and learned a little bit more, as opposed to partying so much, you know, and yeah, I would have still, I, I, I love that time of my life, you know, but um, I would have balanced it a little bit better, you know, yeah. and, um, I, I would just try, I would just try to surround myself with, with with uh, with people that are um, with more people, you know, like I love all my friends and stuff. But at least surround yourself with other people that that could help you uh, get to that next level, you know, or or at least push you, you know, like you guys could compete with each other to, 
to see who could um, who could get there closer, you know, and finding finding that finding the niche, you know, finding the niche of finding finding it what it is your special whatever it is that you want to do, finding something special about it, and and, and just learning 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 the, the business of it. Yeah, because, because I think that would be my biggest thing is just trying to figure trying to get knowledge and trying to learn the ins and outs of the business of it. So. Beautiful, man. I think that's a that's a great spot to end this thing on. We got about an hour. Right on, dude. All right, my man. I want to thank you, Mike. You're the man, bro. Yeah, man. I I appreciate you taking the time. For sure, bro. You have a good day, man. We'll talk soon. All right, brother. You too. Later, Mike. Later. Traveling board build billing. You don't give a flying fuck who ain't not filling them. Watch what you're dealing them. Ace King Death cards. Strong on the wrong man. Pardon the left guard. Get money and earn it. That everything you touch turns shit. Got much to learn, kid. Write it up, burn shit. Light it up like the Dutch when the hash melt. Only time they see them when they meet them is the cash belt. I carumba, now that's my number. One dry summer, as far as I remember, burnt out. We're getting every edgy penny. Then he hit him straight to the head like Reggie Denny. Pulling back when you need some more yak, horse yak. Doing 80 down the van with on horseback. Your man's sick, but he wrecked tracks, puto. Get back to bro, exact the mundo. Victor the director, flip a script like Rob Reiner. The way a lot of dudes rhyme, their names should be knob shiner. For a buck, they likely dance the jig or do the huckle buck. To Vic, it's no big deal, they just a bunch of knuckle fucks. You wonder how well would they hold up in the holding cell? It sorta has the strange makings of a tale told in hell. Like, oh well, whole tour riches. If the feds is really after them, they just told all the snitches. A borrowed time rhymes, gassed by the silver screen. They act like they monkey ass, get healed back like Wolverine. Mellow out with y'all bellow out, y'all yellow mouth What happened to the type of spit that used to help a fellow out? No doubt, leave a rapper in a body cast I wonder what he was doing while we was in karate class Snotty ass, it's really like he was a white belt Right before he night-night, ask him how the light felt Wouldn't take their tape if they gave it free Maybe it's me, maybe it's me Throw down the key Y'all know how shit be In the naked city Rappers is so giddy That's no ditty Born so witty The way he take no prisoners Is so no pity It's how son became a big man From a black boy To name names A really big fan of Dan Aykroyd He feel they need to give him his own dance This is only chance to shoot the gift Like a lone glance Or like a beef scene That leave the ooey smoking Or between Hoto sinking And Nato sweet choking 